So we're here on episode three of 1111 VC Firm. I'm your host, St. Marquis. We're here with the guest, uh, Dr. Samantha Deloche. She's a credit specialist, a pharmacist, motivational speaker, actress, and model. Uh, she was featured in Voyage ATL and Sheen Magazine, and currently she provides credit restoration and repair services. So welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here. Yeah, welcome, welcome. So you're you're in South Carolina, correct? I'm actually in North Carolina, Charlotte. North, North Carolina. Carolina. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My grandfather, he's from uh, Spartansburg, South Carolina. Okay, yeah. That's not yeah. too far from where I grew up. Could you speak on, like, how, how did you get started with uh, credit restoration or credit repair services? Well, I started about a year and a half ago. Um, I just saw where it was a need in the community. And once I started saying that I was a motivational speaker, different people wanted me to come and talk about things, you know, concerning finances or asking would I be okay talking about that topic. And I just, you know, saw where a lot of people just did not know. And so I said, with this opportunity that I was presented with, where I could actually start my own franchise, I said, hmm, this this would really, you know, work nice because, you know, it's a need out there. Everyone has credit. That's one thing about credit. It doesn't right. discriminate. It doesn't matter your color, your age, your sex. Everyone has credit, whether they realize it or not. So I said, this would be something, you know, good to add to my portfolio and just, it would really be a service. So. And right. And, and how do you view the, the importance of credit? Because, you know, a lot of people, they don't really have information on it or they want to learn more about it or they're struggling with it uh, due to like previous mistakes that they made in the past. How do you view like the importance of credit and how you leverage it? OK, well, how I like to explain credit to people, I know when they graduate from high school and college, they feel like, you know, what, I don't have to do it with school anymore. Right. But <laughs> I think of credit as your GPA, your financial GPA okay. and your credit report is your you know, your classes, your transcript. So your credit report just basically shows your financial history and your GPA or your credit score is your financial GPA where you stand. So never get overwhelmed if you're not where you want to be, you know, just like with schoolwork and grades, you got to study, you got to improve, maybe retake some courses. So it's the same concept. The first step is knowing where you stand. So that's why I encourage everyone to get a copy of their credit report and view it at least once a year, if not more than that. So at least you'll know where you stand because you can't make an improvement if you don't know, you know where the trouble spots are. So right. look at what's going on with your credit and then just devise a plan. You know, if there's things that need to be paid down, the top top priority, I tell everybody how you can make sure your credit is okay is pay your bills on time. Make sure your payments or whatever it is, you're paying them on time and there's no delinquency. So that's the number one thing that affects your credit score. So if you can just start by making sure you set up automatic debits every month for those reoccurring bills or things so you won't forget because a lot of people just forget, you know, they're busy with life and they they forget to send that payment and then they get a late fee on top of it. So it just makes the situation worse. So just try to get organized, know where you are and just start out, you know, small, just make sure you make your payments on time and then, you know, grow from there. Right. Uh, what are some credit uh, report services to get to get those annual reports? You can go to freecreditreport.com. I believe all the bureaus have it where you can get mm-hmm. a, a copy for free, um, but they do it free online. I think someone told me once that she called and she had to pay over the phone. So they do discourage you calling and then you talk to an automated machine anyway. So the best bet is just to go online. And the one that I know definitely offhand is um, freecreditreport.com and you can just log in type in everything, put your social security number and you're able to get and download your um, credit score. So, Right. 
And, and and speaking of people, you know, that don't really have credit, how, how do they get started building it? Well, I mean, fresh out of high school and college. Yeah, got you. Um, if you're in high school or college, um, the best way, again, is pay all bills promptly. Then you want to establish a steady work record. You know, have a right. job somewhere you're at at a consistent basis. You don't want to be that person who every three to four months they have a new place of employment. So you want to establish a steady work record. Then also open a checking account and then don't bounce any checks. So that's something, you know, you can start out and you can also open a savings account and make regular monthly deposits. Every time you get paid, if you only could put $25 in it, that's fine, but do something. And then you could apply for a local store credit card, like a department store, okay. you know, something like that. And, you know, don't worry about having a big limit, but just whatever you charge, try to pay off by the next billing cycle. And then, um, some people can even get a secured credit card. That's where you put your money down and you pretty much are pretty much using your money as a way to charge things and you're paying yourself back on the card so you can get a secured credit card to build your credit that way. You could also apply for a small loan, you know, and you can use your savings account as collateral. And then um, I, I don't really always subscribe to this, but I'll just put it out there anyway. You can get a co-signer on a loan and and pay the loan back. But I really try not to tell people to do any co-signing. But if you like a last resort, yeah, it's a last resort to, to do a co-sign type situation. But um, and then very some sometimes you may see this. It's not very often, but um, there are people who um allow you to get on their um credit cards, but they don't actually give you a card. But if they have good credit, they can make you an authorized user but you just don't actually get the credit card but you benefit from them making their payments on time and they using their credit and so some people do you know allow that to happen sometimes so it just depends but the first few i mentioned that's what anyone can do on their own to to build their credit and usually that that past history of uh, the credit report of the person that uh, is the authorized uh, the ticket from the authorized user they take that past history of the credit right Yes, yes. Okay. So you definitely don't want to link yourself up to someone who doesn't have a good past. If right. you know, you're trying to do yours, <laughs> that's not going to help your cause. But yeah, if they if they're doing pretty good, then you know, if they're willing to do it, and of course, you know, you wouldn't get the actual card. They would have the card. Mm -hmm. And you're speaking on this secured uh, uh, card. Um, could you speak more on that? And um, do you do you recommend that as a as one of those top three options? Yeah, it would it would definitely be a top three option. Um, because again, you're putting your deposit down, so that's your mm -hmm. cash. So two hundred, four hundred dollars, that's what you put. That's your credit limit. So whatever you can put on that card, cash wise that you have, that's your credit limit. So you go into it knowing, okay, this is all I have to spend. And then again, you charge. And people say usually pay a bill that you would have to pay anyway that you would pay off. So put your cell phone bill on that secured credit card or lights or something that you know you got to pay monthly, something that you know you'll have the money for, that you can literally, after you charge it, pay it back because you want to show a strong payment history. So that's something that's very, you know, safe that you could do. Again, you're not tying up anybody's money, not borrowing money from a bank. Nobody else is involved. This is you using your own cash. And once you start showing that, you know, frequency of able to charge and pay it back, then that's going to definitely boost and increase your score. Right. Um, could you speak on, because uh, I hear a lot of misconceptions of paying the card, uh, paying the full balance uh, at, at the end of every month or paying the minimum balance um, and just the differences between the two uh, and which one you should you do to improve your credit over time if you have a, a low credit score? 
Okay. Well, in my opinion, if you have a low credit score, the best thing would be to pay your balances and not carry anything over because that's okay. how the banks make their money. They're making it off the interest. So if I have to, let's say, buy a shirt for $100 and I'm only paying the minimum payment of $10, maybe 3 to $5 is actually going to the cost of the shirt and the other $5 is going to the interest. So it's going to take right. me longer to pay off that $100 shirt. And in the end, I may end up paying $150 for a shirt that was $100. So the, the smart thing would be if I charge a $100 shirt, when that bill comes next month, I should have that $100 to pay it. So I'm literally just paying for the actual shirt and not paying for that interest or finance charges. So right. you know, that's, that's how I would go about it. If I definitely, even if you had good credit, I just would say you don't want to charge over more than you can pay off because that's how you, in essence, um, lose money by having to pay interest. But some cards have um, where you have the first 90 days or 60 days, they have promotional specials or offers where it's same as cash. And so if you can pay that amount off before a certain date that they have set, then you mm -hmm. still you avoid the interest. Yeah, you avoid the interest. So I feel like at all costs, you should want to avoid the interest if you can help it. Right. And what would you say is a good score, um, in, in your opinion, on where it should be? Okay. So the, yeah, the credit score usually ranges from 300 all the way to 850. So 300 being the lowest, 850 being the highest. So a good credit score would be a 700 or above. An excellent okay. credit score would be 800 or above. But on average, most Americans or people in general usually range between the 600 and the 750 score. So okay. if you're at a, a high 600, you're like at a fair, you're not horribly bad, but you're not necessarily good. So you really want to strive to get to that 700 mark if you can, because um, that would be considered your good score where you'll get the best um, rates and, you know, the best benefits. Mm -hmm. And is there a limit uh, of credit cards that a person should have if they're below that, that good score? Uh, I would say um, for a, a healthy spending, I wouldn't have more than three credit cards. Okay. Um, I feel like when you start getting cards for each department store and things like that, because everybody has a card and, oh, you want to save extra 10%? Come sign up here. You know, you get right. caught up into that, that cycle. And especially if it's happening very frequently, that's going to lower your score because each time you open up a new account, they have to pull your credit and that's going to be a hard hit or a hard pull. And it's going to lower your score a few points. And so you don't want to show um, a lot of open credit cards at a, at a certain time frame because um, you're going to look kind of risky. That's risky behavior when you open up mm -hmm. multiple cards. Um, when you want to have a good, strong, solid history, you want to have maybe two or three good cards that have a long history of good payments. And um, just the longer you have the card, the better off. So any new cards are not really helping you at the present time. You want to have them for a year or two to kind of show stability because that's what they want to look at, stability in your, your credit. Right. And do these department stores, do they really help improve your credit, um, you know, opposed to, to other things that you can get credit cards on? Uh, if you have too many of them, I don't see where it's a benefit. But then mm -hmm. again, I, I know some people who have a lot of store cards and their score is high 600s, you know, low 700s. And mm -hmm. the key thing is make sure you can pay it off. So if you got 20 credit cards, store department, mm -hmm. whatever, and you can pay more than the minimum payment and you can pay off whatever you charge each month, then you will be fine. You know, it's just the key thing is they don't need to see you carrying over a lot of balances and having, you know, the, the ideal amount, I, I used to tell people, you don't want to go over 30% of the card limit at any moment. So if the card has a $1,000 limit, you don't want to charge more than $300, you know, a month. 
right. you know, because when you start going over that, then you're again showing risky behavior. So if you can keep all those 20 cards or how many cards you have at that 30% and make sure you're paying, you know, more than the minimum, but at minimum you're paying what you need to pay, none mm-hmm. of the cards are delinquent, then it won't hurt you. But the more cards you have, that's the more chances to kind of splurge. And a lot of people, when they have those cards, mm-hmm. they dissociate it that they're spending their money because it's like, I'm swiping a card, I'm swiping, swiping. But if you gave those same people cash, they would be more careful with what they spend. So a lot of times when we have our cards, we just spend more freely and don't really think about it because, oh, we'll pay it next month. Or, oh, you know, we kind of dissociate ourselves from it and we kind of spend more haphazardly. Right. So it's better to not really rely on credit cards. I like to tell people credit cards should really be for emergencies. It shouldn't be for everyday spending. I shouldn't be buying groceries with my card or, you know, just buying things like buying lunch with my credit card. Like you really shouldn't be using it as an everyday type spending situation. Your cards really should be for emergencies or for big purchases. Like if I got to buy a plane ticket or I have an emergency, my my car needs new tires, you know, something that's kind of expensive. That's when you want to use your cards, but you don't want to just be swiping them just haphazardly, but you know, you just want to have balance with it. Whatever you're charging, make sure you can pay you know, more than the minimum, because again, you're going to be paying a lot more for it with interest and it's going to mm-hmm. take years to pay off if you get, you know, spending happy and rack up a high bill. Mm-hmm. You want to have that discipline. And I, the reason yeah. why I ask that is because a lot of times in the community, I hear that, you know, buy jewelry and that can help improve your credit opposed to going to the retail stores or the department stores. Well, it depends on what kind of jewelry. Like I know some people, if you're buying a wedding ring, that's going to be expensive, mm-hmm. you know? So if you're buying a very expensive piece of jewelry, then yes, it's okay to get, you know, financing because mm-hmm. again, this is a major purchase. You want to make sure you probably get insurance on it. You want to make sure you're getting a protection plan, you know? So it just depends on what you're buying. Now, if you're just buying a necklace just to, to buy it, then, you know, maybe you should save up for it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I try to encourage people to save up for purchases if you can, or, you know, kind of think about it, wait a week or so you know, sleep on it. Do I really need this? Is this a need or a want? And that's what we should try to ask ourselves before we start using our cars. Is this something that I really have to have? Or is this something that I just want to get? And because I have that space on my credit card, I'm going to buy it. But um, even with vacations, I try to tell people too, you know, don't try to charge up your whole vacation. Again, you know, it's kind of the the thing to do now to be able to say I'm living my best life in another country (laughs) (laughs) and, you know, post pictures like I'm doing it up on the gram. But if you had to finance it and put it all on credit cards and you're paying for a trip for like a year after you've taken a trip and, and granted a trip is a bigger thing, but you just got to look at it. How long I'm going to be paying for this shirt or these pair of shoes or this particular item? Like, is it worth it? Do I have to have it where I'm going to be stuck in, in bondage having to make the payments, you know, on it? Yeah, definitely. And, and for those people that, that are struggling with those late payments, um, could you speak on that? Uh, you know, can they call into these credit card companies to, notify them of their hardships if they can't make those payments uh, for that for that to make that good gre- uh, credit history of course i would i would definitely recommend that if you lose your job or you go through like a tough spot you know mm-hmm. emergency comes up and you have to spend money somewhere else you want to call the companies do not avoid them call them and let them know what's going on so they can put a notation on your account and so at least you won't get harassing phone calls and so if you make an agreement to pay at a later date then they're usually you know I guess you could say lenient or they'll at least work with you at least mm-hmm. the first time. Now, if this becomes a, a reoccurring or frequent situation where 
you're constantly having issues, then you're going to experience where they'll probably lower your credit limit or they'll probably, you know, see you more of as a, a risk person, you know, to have. And so they're not going to um, probably feel as comfortable and they may even eventually close your card. So mm -hmm. you just have to be very careful with that. You know, everybody goes through a hard time here and there, but if you're experiencing something on a regular basis, then that says that you're not budgeting properly. Are you spending more than you can really afford to, you know, handle? Mm -hmm. and, and when these, uh, when, when those accounts get closed and they, they go into debt collection and the debt collector calls, is it your responsibility to contact the creditor or to contact the, to keep in touch with the, the debt collector? Well, that's, that's a little tricky. Um, honestly, once that company sells your debt, then they've already gotten paid. Mm -hmm. So you're technically dealing with this new, uh, finance company or this new, you know, collections company that's, um, now has the debt. So before I would pay any type of bill to the old people or to this new person, mm -hmm. I would want to get something in writing because okay. basically it's that's already important. under credit. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely don't want to just pay. Let's say I, I want to pay the original bill person. Well, they've already sold it. So they're getting extra money by you paying them now. So you want to make sure you talk to whoever has that bill now and make sure that you get something in writing that once I pay this debt, you're going to remove this off my credit. So don't ever just pay something and take somebody's word for it over the phone. You want something in writing because right. technically you don't owe that new company because you never made that original agreement with that new company. You really made that agreement with the original person. The and original if they credit. sold it, yeah, the original creditor, if they sold it, then they no longer have it either. So, you know, you're kind of like in between in the middle, but whoever you speak with, I, I would definitely make sure that if I pay X, Y, and Z, I need something in writing on a certified letter, your letterhead saying that you're going to remove this off my credit. Right. Because most of the times, you know, they call over the phone. Um, sometimes you ignore those calls or uh, is it called a, it's called a charge off, correct? Yeah, it's a charge off, um, you know, debt's been sold. And so, you know, again, it, it does, you know, weigh on your credit. And those type of things can technically stay on there for seven years. So some people, okay. they do the waiting game, they will wait, they feel like, hey, I have my major purchases, I have a house, I have a car, it's mm -hmm. not that big of a deal. And they'll, you know, let it stay on for seven years. But you know, if you want to get that thing off, then again, you need to definitely call and, and, and work something out. And you could do it, agree to pay and um, make sure they have it in writing that they will release you um, your credit and take that derogatory you know, remark off. Right. So you could avoid spending the extra money and it seems like paying the debt twice. Exactly. Yeah. And um, uh, can you challenge these credit reports uh, for these sometimes if they have like in, in derogatory marks that are inaccurate? Yes, you definitely can. You can, um, again, that's why I said it's important to get your credit report annually so that you mm -hmm. can see where you stand. But if you see something on your credit report that is inaccurate, you just, you can definitely, it's called the disputing process where you can actually dispute and you can do that either online or you can do it with a letter. And um, the key thing is you want to um, be able to have proof of whatever you're disputing. So if you have mm -hmm. statements or if you have some kind of proof of receipt of a canceled check or whatever the case is that I paid X, Y, and Z, then you can um, definitely send that to that credit bureau and they have to, by law, um, they have 30 days to look at what you send and investigate it. And if they see where there is a discrepancy, then they're supposed to remove it. And mm -hmm. so that's, that's what you have. That's your right under the Fair Credit Reporting Act that they can't report inaccurate information. 
and they can't have stuff on there longer than it needs to be. So that's why you have to know your rights and be able to say, hey, this needs to come off. And um, if you have the proof of it, then it has to come off. But you can't use this and think, oh, I'm I'm now freeing myself from having to pay my debt or now yeah. I can, you know, not pay stuff. That's not what that's for. Because again, if they dispute it and they look and see that this is your debt, then it is going to stay, you know, on your credit report. Right. And they, they keep notation of that. And how do you, how do you, how long does this process usually take um, if you do send in that letter, that dispute letter? Um, that can take anywhere from, I would say, give or take 45 days because okay. the, the companies have at least 30 days to respond. And right. so a lot of times they're going to take that full 30 days. Mm-hmm. So depending on how fast you send your mail um, and then for them to get a response back to you, you're, you're looking at 45 days to about, you know, two months, you know, 60 days for a complete turnaround from when you sent it for them to respond back and, um, you know, actually delete it off. So it's not necessarily a fast process. And, and so that's something that um, a lot of people need to realize, you know, you didn't get in debt overnight. So it's going to take a <laughs> process. Yeah, you got to have some patience with the process because, again, you know, there's millions of people that they have to deal with. And so, you know, you're one person. I know we think our lives and our credit is more important than everybody else's. But they have, you know, to, you know, work in the same eight hour day and, you know, go through the same process. So that's why they have that allotted 30 days to get your response back. Mm-hmm. And uh, for those like in college right now, um, struggling with student loans and those who have graduated, um, how can they build their credit? You know, when they have paid everything off, but they still have that, that student loan debt on their um, on their report. Uh, well, the key thing is a lot of um, students can um, do uh, consolidation, and that's okay. where they can, you know, get all their loans into one monthly payment mm-hmm. and, you know, hopefully get a lower interest rate. And then also I would encourage students to um, find programs that will, in fact, pay your student loans back, you know. So a lot of times when we pick professions, I know we pose, we're supposed to chase our passions, mm-hmm. but I think you should look at it on a full scope. You know, will I be able to find a job when I get this degree? And also, will I get help paying back these loans, you know, if I pursue this particular degree? You know, is there, you know, some type of financial stability with what I'm pursuing? Because if I get this obscure degree, get all these loans, getting it, and then there are no programs to help me. And then when I get a job, if I'm able to get a job, I'm not making enough to really survive. You know, was that a financially sound decision to go into that particular area? So I get, you know, pursuing your passion, but I think you should look at how much this is going to cost me long term because not by any means am I trying to poke fun, but you have many people who have degrees, but they're, you know, working at Walmart and they're not working in their profession. So, you know, you want to really look at that. But of course, I would definitely say, you know, you want to consolidate. And I want to say every loan for the most part, they give you a grace period. You get so many months um after you graduate to find a job and they kind of try to work with you mm-hmm. and you can defer it they have deferment processes but it's all about communication you would need to call that student loan um carrier or who your person you had the loan with and and discuss your options and you know figure out what would be best for you and then basically there's some that will even give you a lower payment based on your income so if you're not making that much if you can provide proof of your payment stubs or, you know, what you're bringing in, your W-2s, then you can get a um, income-based, you know, payment plan. So there are ways to work with your student loans instead of letting them go into default and not 
paying them because you know this is tax time tax season many people oftentimes are not able to get their um, tax returns because the, the federal government you know garnishes their taxes because they're not paying their loans and so if mm-hmm. they would have just made a payment plan just you know set something up and just kind of had a communication with the company it wouldn't have gone to that far and it wouldn't have you know gone in credit right so you, you, you speak on deferment um you spoke on in, income uh, repayment plans what do you uh, recommend uh deferment or just just paying it off the gate you know when when it comes out of that grace period that loan I would say, honestly, pay it out the gate because a lot of people, you know, you're just starting out. You're not used to making a lot of money per se. You know, you're just starting out fresh from college. So don't change your lifestyle so quickly and and buy major purchases. You know, try to pay your debt off by all means. That way you won't have that just hanging over your head for years and years. So just I would say if you can go ahead and start paying it. You know, if you can knock it out within those first five years after graduating, you would definitely be a lot happier, you know, with your life and you would have paid less interest and you can just kind of shop and, you know, buy the house, travel, do what you need to do mm-hmm. and not have to worry about the student loans hanging over your head. And I know it's easier said than done, but, you know, if you can't get into a, a payment repayment program where somebody's paying the loans for you, are you able to get it paid back? then um, I would say the best bet would be to pay it back as soon as you can before, you know, life starts happening because some people, they defer it, defer it, defer it, and they use up all their deferments. And then let's say something does happen later on in life or you're about to get married or you have another major milestone where you want to kind of take a break for a few months. You don't have any deferments left because you used them all up initially, you know. So try to, you know, just factor it in as another bill, you know, that you need to pay. And um, just try to knock it out, you know, as soon as possible. That way you can, you know, begin to enjoy the rest of your money and not have to have that as a lingering bill for years. Right. What do you think about using other cards to, to pay off balances? Uh, it's kind of like swapping money from one hand to the next. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I see some people, now if that card you're going to switch it to has a lower interest rate or has a better promotional period and you want to take the advantage of that, then sure, but you're just swapping debt. You know, it's still not going anywhere in a sense. You just moved it from one car to the next. So the key thing is you need to devise a, a real plan where you can, you know, budget and actually pay off the debt. But again, you know, interest rates are important. So the only way I would say that would be feasible or be a good idea is if you're switching it to a lower interest rate. So then if that's the case, then you won't have it, the bill getting higher and higher. But if it's not a real significant savings in switching it, then to me, it's, it's really no point if you're not going to save on interest. Right. And um, are you with your credit res- restoration business, uh, do you help those with uh, uh, bankruptcies? Uh, yes. Um, and, and let me just clarify, I don't actually repair the credit. I um, have a company that I work with and they actually do the credit restoration processes. But yes, um, we look at, you know, student loans, we look at bankruptcies, we look at um, hospital bills, tax liens, you know, everything can be reviewed. Now, can I guarantee that everything will get removed off, you know, initially? No, because it has to be investigated and it has to be seen, you know, what's really going on with this bill, what's what's going on with the situation. And, and really with bankruptcies, that's something that's kind of the last step 
So it has a, a little bit of a permanent effect on it. So that would be definitely harder to kind of get off because with bankruptcy, mm -hmm. that usually stays in your credit for 10 years. Okay. So as your other issues or different derogatory things, that's seven years, but usually bankruptcies can be anywhere from seven to 10 years. So it's going to be very, very difficult, if, if not almost impossible to get those off. I'm not saying we won't take a look at it, but again, is this a fresh thing or is this something that's been there about five or six years? Because again, the longer the, the thing has been in your credit, you know, the easier it would be for something to kind of come off, you know, even, you know, for repossessions, whatever the case is. But if this is something that just happened like at the end of, you know, 2019, pretty fresh, mm -hmm. it's probably going to be on there for a few years. That's just the honest truth. Okay. And, and what is something small that you see that affects a lot of people on their credit report, you know, that they could remove off that kind of dings their, their score a little bit? The late payments. Definitely late payments. late payments. Yeah, that's that's the first thing. Within 30 days, that's when it starts affecting your score. So it, late payments is like the biggest thing that a lot of people have. And if you were to just, you know, sometimes write a letter and just explain to that company that, you know, look, because I like to tell people also, you know, you can repair your credit yourself. You don't necessarily have to pay someone. So mm -hmm. I'm not one of those people who try to take advantage of folks. That's never been my deal. Um, it's just like you can change your own oil, but you still hire a mechanic. You can get your own hair done and can cut your own hair, but it probably better if you had a professional do it. So it's the same idea. You can repair your credit, but it is going to be, you know, an evolved process and you got to be willing to, to work through it. And like you said earlier, have patience. But again, if, if late payments is your big thing, mm -hmm. if you can write a letter to that particular credit bureau and just let them know, or write it to that, you know, even that company that puts it on there and just tell them like, look, I was going through a rough moment, whatever the case was, you know, I've been having a lot of late payments. Can you please remove these off? And going forward, I'm taking these necessary steps by having automatic payments set up or whatever the case is so that I won't continue to have late payments. You know, they may work with you. Now, I'm not 100% saying that it will work, but at least you're taking an extra step and they, they may have some mercy with the situation and you can say, Hey, for the past four or five months, I have been paying on time. So I know before that, prior to that, I was late, but now I'm showing you I'm doing better. So if you can show, you know, strides where, Hey, I'm not just talking to talk, but I'm actually doing it. They will work with you. And even, um, some places, um, let's say you do have a late payment and if it's a one-time thing, they will give you a courtesy where they will waive sometimes that finance charge or that late fee. So, you know, again, this can't happen every month because right. then it's not an accident. This is me just purposely making a choice. But excuse me, if you can actually, you know, show them that, hey, I had a fluke, this happened. Can you work with me? Usually they remove it because I've even had it sometimes where I, you know, have been late and I was able to call and talk and they, they took the fee off. So the, the big thing with anything with your finances, you have to just be willing to communicate and be willing to talk. You can't try to hide, think it'll go away because that's not how it works. It's going to grow. It's going to get worse. So, you know, instead of avoiding a situation, you need to just go ahead and just deal with it. Call, talk to whoever you need to talk to and, and try to make some changes. Right. Because it's, it's a big gap, you know, sometimes, and you know, these credit card companies are empathetic, you know, um, they, yeah, they, yeah. they are willing to help, you know, if you, you show that determination, that will and, and make sure to write things down as well. Right. Right. Write things down. Uh, we, for the most part, all of us have smartphones. You know, let's use these phones and put calendars or reminders where, you know, you will know, or again, even set up automatic payments. So I feel like in this day and age, 
there are a lot of things that can help you. So it's really no real excuse to a certain extent that, you know, you get late or things happen. I mean, they do happen, but there are a lot of tools out there that if you utilize them, that you'll be able to effectively, you know, pay your bills on time and, and just overall have a better um, credit score or credit report if you just kind of use those tools that you already have access to. Right. So uh, I wanted to speak on, you know, because you do a lot. Um, you model and you're an actress. Uh, how has this whole journey of entrepreneurship been for you? It's been fun. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. It has had some challenging moments. I think for me, it's really made me dig my heels in and really, really go after my passions. Because I think a lot of times we say we want stuff or we, mm-hmm. we like stuff or we're passionate about stuff. But when times get rough, we kind of fade away. We kind of pull back and we'll stop. And so I think more than anything, this whole process has made me be more determined and just more consistent because especially even with my modeling, I would do a photo shoot, stop, you know, I would just kind of start and stop. And, you know, you know, even with, you know, the credit restoration business I'm dealing with now, you know, I've had slow moments where, you know, I didn't have any, you know, clients signing up or I'd have people say they're interested tell them how much it costs and they oh you know all of a sudden they go ghost they they hide from you mm-hmm. so i've had some highs and lows with you know everything that i'm dealing with but i, I really feel like if it's something you're passionate about and you really care about it then you will be consistent and you'll keep pushing yourself and then i even have some people that say oh you know you do so many things oh my gosh you know why so much mm-hmm. but i like to say also you know why not you know the average millionaire has seven streams of income so you know to think that I can just do one thing and, and that's fine. If you just want to do one thing, that that's cool. But the reality of it, you know, to, to really have that kind of success or to really be able to enjoy life or, you know, even retire early, you got to do more than one thing, but you know, you want to be passionate about those things. So I don't believe you should chase dollar signs, but you should be chasing purpose and passion. And if you do that, then the opportunities will come and the money eventually will come. But if anything, I feel like it's definitely helped me learn more about myself and it just taught me how to just be my own cheerleader because you're not going to always get support from family, from friends. You know, you're going to have a lot of people who will look and watch, but not really actively participate, you know, but you just keep doing you, you know, if this is what you feel like you're called to do, you're led to do and you pass, you're passionate about it. You enjoy it. You just keep going, you keep doing it. And so I, I've enjoyed it. I, I really have. And I just, that's what I plan on doing. Just just keep going, you know, because you just don't know when your breakthrough will come. So you just got to stay consistent. Right. And in and, and your business, um, what is like the biggest mistake that you see clients make, you know, when they're, you, you want to see them produce results <laughs> that holds them, you know, that holds them back? Because sometimes it's a lack of determination or just dealing with this, the credit, you know, and hiding from it and stop the mishaps and all the, the issues that have occurred, you know, sometimes they're not really motivated to fix that credit. What is something that you see that they make mistakes that you think could uh, enhance them to make better results? Well, a lot of times, and I, I kind of, you know, mentioned it earlier that um, they expect it to happen overnight, you know, mm-hmm. that they want stuff to happen so quickly. And again, you didn't get in this situation overnight. So it's going to take a process. And then again, I have individuals who want something for nothing. They, you know, don't want to pay the fee. They want to, you know, in, in essence, get a hookup. But I also feel like you have money for what you want to have money for. So if it's something important to you, you will be willing to invest in it and you'll appreciate it more. So 
when people try to, you know, want me to, to discount my services, you know, I just feel like, hey, maybe you're not the client I need because I know my value. I know what I bring to the table. So I'm not going to, you know, discount what I'm offering. And then I have some people who they really want me to hold their hand. They don't want to be, you know, proactive and they don't want to take a hold of their, their situation. And then they don't really want to, they want a quick fix. They don't really want to get to the heart of like, what got you in this situation? You know what I mean? You need to budget. Like my particular um, company doesn't just do credit restoration. That's the flagship product, but mm -hmm. we have a complete uh, protection plan package. We do credit monitoring. Um, we have a, a, a budget calculator where you can literally go online and plug in all your bills, all your debt, and it will literally help you come up with a plan to pay off your debt and tell you when paying what payment each month on each thing, how long it would take you to pay it off. So, you know, that's set up there. There's even a power of attorney will where you can literally write you a will. You know, if you have a family or, you know, children, you know, we just recently dealt with Kobe Bryant die unexpectedly and, you know, his daughter and his family and I mean other members, you know, on the, you know, helicopter, that was very unexpected. And I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, life is not promised. So we literally have something set up where you can set up a will, you know, we, yeah, we all believe we're going to live forever, but the fact is that's not going to happen. So we have so many other tools that are available that are all included, but a lot of people don't even take time to, to check those things out. They just only concerned about the credit piece, but it's like, we're not just trying to help you repair your credit. We want to help you restore your credit. We want to help you get better. You know, we want to, you know, see you not have to get in this position again. You know what I mean? So to me, that lack of drive, you know, that many people have or just don't see the bigger picture and they just, you know, have this, oh, I just want to just fix the credit and, you know, but not fix the problem that got me to this point where I need to fix my credit. And so that to me is a little disappointing when you try to encourage them to, you know, look at all the services. Don't just pick out that main one, but just try to improve overall, you know, but, you know, that's just, you know, a part of life, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And for those that don't know and looking for that information, what are what are the things that you're looking for in potential clients? Well, I'm, I'm want somebody who's you know you know ready for a change. They're truly, truly are ready to make a change, not with just their credit, but with their finances overall, and that they're going to be willing to use the entire platform. That they're going to be you know a self starter, independent. You know they're going to you know log in and track their progress and and, and be active. You know like this is a, a, a duo. This is not just me. If I got to hold your hand and I got to cheer you on to sign up and cheer you on throughout the whole process, you're going to need me to pep you up the whole way. But again, this is your credit. This is your financial history. So I need you to take ownership for this and, you know, be willing to, you know, look at the whole complete picture. And then, you know, those who, you know, aren't just trying to look for a hookup or a quick fix, but they're willing to be in it for the long haul. I mm -hmm. tell most people to really, really see some improvements and see some major, you know, point increase. Sometimes that can take anywhere from three to four months of being in the program and, you know, consistently doing what's necessary. And, you know, again, some people after 30 days, they want to see a hundred point increase. And it's like, be realistic. <laughs> you know, you have a lot of things on here that need to be investigated and be disputed. So again, we don't have a magic wand. If I had a credit magic wand, then I'd definitely be a, a billionaire probably at this point. But, um, you know, it's, it's a process. So I just need people who are really understanding that it's a process and that they got to, you know, be in it for the long haul. And then once you get your credit restored, don't make those same choices. 
and get back in that same spot because some people after they get what they want then it's like did they really learn a lesson or you know it was it just a little quick temporary fix and then they're back to those same spending habits back to where they were back to not being you know on top of it not paying the bills on time so now you're back to getting the late fees you know you can't do that and also just throwing that out there when you're going through the credit restoration process do Mm -hmm. not charge or open up any new lines of credit you need to stop you need to be trying to focus on paying down what you already have but not still actively seeking um trying to find ways to um spend more money so you know for those who are really ready to make a financial change and not, you know, just looking for someone to hold their hand, but really want to, you know, take the driver's seat and get a hold in their finances. That's that's the kind of clients that I would love to work with and encourage. Right. Accountable and looking for a partnership. Exactly. So uh, could you tell our listeners how to get in contact with you? Sure. I have uh, multiple ways. I have a website. It's www.samanthadeloche.com. And I know my name might be a little hard to spell, so... The, the same website that'll get to that same place will be www.modelingpharmacist.com. So the words modeling and pharmacist together, that'll put you to my website. And then um, my phone number is 803-707-2510. Um, you can call me and um, or text me, either one. Um, my Instagram is at Samantha Deloach, and that's S-A-M-A-N-T-H-A-D-E-L-O-A-C-H-E are at Modeling Pharmacists and on Facebook is Samantha DeLoach Credit Repair Services and Samantha DeLoach Modeling Pharmacists. So all my pages are pretty much similar and they all link to each other. Well, there you have it, guys. Uh, 1111 VC firm, uh, Dr. Samantha DeLoach, uh, Credit Restoration uh, Specialist. Um, and 11 VC firm, we provide motivation, tactics, advice, and skills for all aspects of your marketing, sales, financial, and um, entrepreneur journey. So as an emerging sales leader, this channel provides advice from someone, you know, who's in the same roles and the same struggles as you. And um, we just want to encourage you guys to execute these tactics um, every day and just, just double up and get better in life. So thank you uh, for taking the time out on this podcast. Oh, of course. I enjoyed it. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Thank you for tuning in to 1111 VC Firm Podcast. Make sure to like, subscribe, and share. Uh, Our Patreon is available. Our Patreon is 1111 VC Firm. Um, Our Instagram is also 1111 VC Firm. Our Facebook page, 1111 VC Firm. Thank you for tuning in for Episode 3. Peace.